0: Today's guest on Fashion for All's Markhammer podcast is Vienne of luxury hosiery brand Vienne Milano. Vienne falls under the maker category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. We chat about why she decided to start a hosiery brand, how she did so with a background not in design but in the corporate world, how it has been working through the COVID pandemic, and how she'd like to see the fashion industry change in the future. Enjoy our conversation.
1: Thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is such a, a it's quite an honor. Thank you. <laughs> um, could you please introduce yourself? Sure, sure. So um, my name is Vien. Um, I am the founder of Vien Milano. We are a luxury hosiery brand um, dedicated mainly to thigh high stockings that are made in Italy. Wonderful. And how long have you been doing that? Sure. So my brand was created in 2011. I started at the company or or the brand, if um, both, I guess, Um, mainly because um, 10 years ago I was working in corporate America. And at the time I couldn't find thigh high stockings that would stay up on my leg. Everything that I found that was available at the time were either you know, just nothing I could wear for because they were considered costume or they were going at a hundred dollars for a pair of stockings and which didn't make it feasible for me to buy and to wear for everyday use. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, I, you know, specifically like to wear thigh highs and wanted to create a brand for thigh highs because I'm, I'm not a, a tall woman, I'm petite. Um, and so I, I love the way that thigh highs make me feel and they, the way they fit. Um, so, you know, with all of those things going on, I thought this would be the perfect opportunity for me to, you know, do what I've always wanted to do, which is to start a fashion company and to leave corporate America.
0: Wonderful. Um, were you working in corporate, uh, in like the fashion industry of corporate or, or totally not related?
1: Not related at all. Yeah. So um, I I worked in the software or high tech field. Um, It was in the products division. And so I was actually launching um, or I was involved with launching software products. Um, You know, some folks might view that as Mm. completely different. But to be quite honest, it's I don't actually feel that way because at the end of the day, when you're launching a fashion collection or when you're working on, um, you know, just bringing a product to life, um, you know, I I feel like you're essentially using the same type of skill set, right? Which is like I don't want to say herding cats, but like you're essentially, you know, just working with folks and coordinating with everybody and just trying to make sure that everything um, is delivered in a timely fashion. So it's, I don't think I'm mm-hmm. all that different.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's definitely got similarities for sure. Um, and you mentioned that, or you call the brand and the brand is called like a, a luxury brand. What, what is, what does luxury mean to you and why did you decide to um, brand the the business in that way?
1: That's a, Fantastic question, actually. So, you know, we call, we consider ourselves luxury hosiery for multiple reasons. Um, I don't necessarily like to put us in this category, but I think for the most part, a lot of women in the United States um, purchase hosiery from like CVS, you know, from mm-hmm. um, you know, convenience stores. And that's not what we sell. We sell hosiery that are made in Italy. You know, the price of it is a a little bit of a premium, but, you know, I, I I think it's part of it is because we want you to have one good pair of stockings or multiple good pairs of stockings, as opposed to just buying something and, you know, for you to have to go through a different pair each time you you wear, you know, so um, that's why we consider ourselves luxury.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, sure. um, and how did you land on
1: producing them in italy sure so i have actually been traveling to italy since i was in high school um since i was 15 so um i i just know that italy is a country that you go to for premium products like things like nice pair of leather shoes or bags so i, I i'm familiar with their craftsmanship um and i also knew that You know, the style of hosiery that I'm looking for thigh highs um, is a popular type of accessory um, and is worn by women in Europe. So, you know, just connecting um, my experience from Italy um, to my business was, I I feel like it was just a natural decision. Mm. Um,
0: And as far as like the design process goes or or how your business is set up, like, are you... um, Coming up with design ideas um, for the stockings, or are you like? Do you have a design house that in Italy, or is it just production in Italy? Like, how how is that set up? No, we design it on
1: our own. So, but you know, I have to kind of clarify that a little bit. So, um, our collection is divided up into two categories, or or actually a couple categories. But for the most part, um, I would say there there's two dominant collection one is called the signature collection and the signature collection has um you know are black shears nude shears um fishnets vaccine opaque mat stocking so these are classic items that have been around for for decades i can't take credit for any of these
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they are our classic items that just about every woman um understands and and Um, have in their wardrobe and so as a result we call this our permanent collection uh, because it's permanently there Um, whereas on the other side of things we have something called the signature collection and our signature collection are you know products that are more fashion for more trendy these are products that I do uh, work on personally. Um, so, for say, for example, I know that uh, neon color is was hot um, in twenty nineteen, and so we incorporate those those colors into like the band and or the stocking itself, etc. Um, or sometimes, you know, we get requests. You know, um, we've had a lot of requests in the past for a certain style or certain texture, and so we've incorporated that into our collection, into the signature collection as well.
0: Mm, okay um and i guess i was more asking and and um more from like a fashion business setup so like uh you know i run my own company where i physically make everything myself but before that and and also before doing freelance work i worked in corporate fashion where i worked at a design house so like i was the designer um meaning you know I sat down and did sketches and came up with ideas and then Mm -hmm. sat in on fits and then, um, but we had factories elsewhere that were actually physically making things, um, you know, uh, as you do in Italy. So I guess I was, I was more um, interested in like, are, when you say that you're um, with the one collection where you're coming up with the ideas and working on it yourself, um, are you doing sketches for these things or like, what is, what is that like breakdown of that process?
1: Yes, I am actually. (laughs) So my, my background Mm -hmm. is actually fine. I went to college for fine art. Um, and Mm so, and that's actually part of the reason why I wanted, I've always wanted to, um, you know, leave corporate America and to be back, to go back into, uh, you know, a a business that was involved with being creative and design. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, one, um, that, you know, draw yeah i have my little template with the mannequin leg or a leg right and I, I i sketch things up and i send that to our suppliers to show okay this is really what i want to do um you know let's make this work mm, okay awesome that's that's uh that's great um no, no, no you know i i, I don't, honestly um my my experience is 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 self-taught right it's nothing mm-hmm. to you know folks who's fashion designers that's been in the pro- profession and been in the trade is bar none. I, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be, um, you know, that, that pro at it. I, I, I don't know if that, that explains
0: it. No, yeah, it does. I mean, um, you know, I, aside from my company I've done like little bits of consulting here and there for a lot of small businesses. And I mean, the fact of the matter is that everyone runs their, fashion business in a different way. And um, everyone has different skill sets and backgrounds. And, you know, there's people who have no fashion experience at all, but they have the idea and the drive to like, figure it out. And, you know, um, depending on the factory that you find, you know, you can really come up with ideas and try to like collect you know the the kinds of sketches that you are able to do with your own skill set, and maybe like some pictures and like notes, and you know, combine all that stuff together to to get your um, design idea across to your factory. And again, depending on the factory that you find, that might work really well. <laughs> so, um, yeah. it yeah, totally depends.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that. You know, I recently met a woman who um, has her own collection of sneakers and, you know, similar to what you just said, she has no design background. Um, she just wanted to launch sne- a, a brand of sneakers that were based on her preference. Right. And she found a supplier in Italy as well that, um, would accommodate and it, it just worked out. They understood, they understood her concept and they made it um, possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, um,
0: Sometimes where I mean, the biggest problem that I've seen pop up is when people um, are not aware of the things that they don't know and they like don't mm. want to admit the things they don't know and they don't want to ask mm. for help for the things they don't know. And I think as long as you um, are OK with with those things and are willing to say like, hey, here's the part I don't really get, like, let me bring in somebody who does get it so that I'm not, you know, wasting my time being stubborn. I don't know. I don't know these things, you know? Um, So it's like, if you're somebody who wants to start a a clothing company, for example, but you don't know design and fit, but you have ideas, like at some point you're going to have to bring somebody in who understands design and fit so they can make those notes for you. But that's not to say that like, you can't be a designer. Like you can, you just, you know, you just have to bring on the right people to help you get things done.
1: (laughs) I, I completely agree. You, it's just not possible as like the person um, who runs the business to be doing everything. Right. And so at some point you hit your limitation. Um, I mean, sure. A lot of that information is on the internet. So you can like Google <laughs> or at least I do. I try to research things, but there's just certain things that you just can't do. Um, or that just my, it's just beyond my knowledge. Right, right, right. Um <clears throat>
0: And I know that you you mentioned to me in your original message, and then I also seen on your site. So you have like eco friendly tights, and you've mentioned um, sustainability. Um, why are those things important to you? And and what makes a pair of tights eco friendly?
1: Sure. So this actually has been something that we've been working on for a while. Um, however, it's just the past few years we finally were able to get our hands on um, you know doing something that is using reusable nylon so you know let's just go back right so we have a couple of products right now in our collection um, in our signature collection that are um, what I call eco-friendly and the reason for that is because they are made with reusable nylons these are um, fiber that are created from the byproduct of when um, a pair of stockings is created so when when stockings are created you know, Inevitably, there's a bunch of stuff that um, gets thrown out or, or tossed. So instead of just tossing that um, additional or extra material, we take all of that back and we make that into fiber. Um, and then we use that into making stockings. Um, and so mm-hmm. we some of these products about a year ago, um, we've actually been working. One of the things that we've been working on is um, using biodegradable product. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the pandemic um, that actually has hindered our our launch a little bit, but that's once that's one of the things that we'll be um, revisiting again this year. Um, mm-hmm. But, first, you know, I, I do think that, you know, it's important to try to be um, responsible and sustainable. And actually that's one of the reasons why we picked um, Italy as a country to begin with, you know, um, Italy to my knowledge or my understanding is one of those countries with pretty strict, um, regulations when it comes to labor. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I thought, okay, that's, that's great. It it works for what I want to do. Um, and also the quality is very, very good. Um, so yeah, it is definitely something that I care a lot about.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so interesting to me. I think, um, so I, uh, personally prefer thigh heads over full stockings myself. And I feel like it's probably a little bit more for the opposite end of your spectrum is I'm very tall um, and I don't know, stockings are just usually not comfortable for me. Um, and thigh highs just feel more comfortable. Cause it's like, I, I don't feel as like restricted, I guess, in my movement. Um, yep. Yep. Um, and I also do like the look of them, but um, uh,
1: like I have you are, like, you are pitching to like my story because a lot of our customers are on that spectrum too. Actually we uh-huh. sell a lot and even more LLA, um, a lot of men, um, who enjoy wearing women's clothing and hosiery? Uh-huh. Um, they love our brand. And they love thigh highs, um, and th- it's for exactly what you just explained. Because you know they're tall, and they're on the other spe- uh, end of the spectrum where they may find um, regular pantyhose or stockings to be too short and mm-hmm. too restrictive. And so, um, thigh highs, especially you know our size larger and up, um, mm-hmm. they they find that to be a better fit.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, um, specifically, um, like, I, I feel like my, my legs are probably average itch length, but I am very long in my, um, in my rises. So like my lower torso is very long. So I feel like sometimes when I, um, try to get stockings, they're just like so uncomfortable in the, in the crotch. So mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> having, having oh, no, yeah. is <laughs> I know, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah.
0: Um, so talk to me a little bit more about, I know you quickly mentioned, you know, your work on the, the biodegradable um, fibers getting tracked by COVID. Um, how, how was, how has it been, uh, you know, running um, a small business where you produced in another country um, during the pandemic? Oh, yeah.
1: And especially a country that was hit hard by the pandemic mm-hmm. too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year, you know, it was kind of a, Chaotic year to to say the least, um, but things kind of worked out. Um, so in the beginning of the year, I was actually seven months pregnant, and typically what I would do is I would travel to Italy in January um, so that I could visit my suppliers and to essentially um, solidify or to confirm our signature collection because we launch um new products for the signature collection um every spring and fall but anyway um my husband and I did not go to italy last year because i was seven months pregnant and <laughs> um you know i and at the same time without knowing what was going on and and i just you know there was just so many so much uncertainty right um mm-hmm. that i i essentially um, quadruple the amount that I typically would have ordered uh, around that February timeframe. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, it all worked out well, kind of actually, I am thinking about it eh, didn't really, it kind of in looking back. Yes, it did work out, but at the moment I was kind of pulling my hair out. The reason being, you know, um, at, at in February, um, after placing this hor- horrifically large order, you know, there was delay for me to get stuff out of Italy. Right. And the reason Mm -hmm. for that was because very gradually a lot of businesses in Italy were, were shutting down. And so, um, I'm like, you know, talking to my suppliers, like on a daily basis, asking them like, Hey, when are you going to ship this? When are you going to ship this? Like, come on, come on, come on. And there was a delay. One week delay became two, became like three. And I'm like, guys, I cannot wait anymore you have to do you have to get this out like no matter what i i'm you know at what's end here and so um finally you know i had a long hard discussion with them and they went all right fine you know i just well, want to let you know the reason why we're not um getting this stuff out on a timely fashion is because we're waiting for x y and z and some of those suppliers are slowing down writing. Like, i don't care just ship it to me <laughs> so mm-hmm. they ship it out and it was like a day before um Italy went into lockdown. So mm. had it been too late, all of my stuff would have been stuck behind the lockdown. Um so, you know, we were able to kind of savage everything um and have actually enough inventory for us to go for, you know, several months and, and so on. But when it came to for me to launch um my fall collection, which typically comes out in September, um, we were delayed another month because, you know, when Italy was back open, they were kind of in a lot of the suppliers that I we're, we're work with, they were back into um, the catch-up game, catching up with things mm-hmm. that they were supposed to produce, um, you know, several months before. And so right. that's why there was another delay. Um, but, you know, right, honestly, right. I think, you know, a month delay wasn't isn't the end of the world. Um, for me, you know, up until that point, I was still talking to my suppliers uh, often. In fact, one person that I talked to um, had me in a real scare. I Was like, "Oh my god, I'm getting really sick, you know? <laughs> um, oh, I I have like COVID symptoms. I'm gonna get tested tomorrow, you know." And up until that point, even before that, you know, this particular um, supplier would send me pictures of like things that he was baking and making while he had all this free time, uh, you, you know? So <laughs> to, to go from like that, um, relaxed mood to all of a sudden going, Oh my God, I may be dying. You're like, ah, dying. <laughs> you know? it, it was just, I, I don't know. And looking back, it's, it's like, wow, that's kind of crazy time, you know? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely remember, um, when it, when it hit Italy first, before it, like, really hit – I mean, really hit us badly right mm-hmm. after, basically, because we did not listen – we as a country did not listen to their their warnings very well. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, we did not.
1: It, yeah.
0: And um, look at
1: us now, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, do you only sell your items direct-to-consumer through your website, or do you also sell to, like, via um, – stores.
1: No, we sell to stores. Um, Mm -hmm. but I would say that bulk of our business is direct to consumer. Um, Mm -hmm. mainly because, you know, when I first started the business, I thought, um, when, you know, I, as a consumer, when I buy stockings, I don't naturally go to a store to try it out. Right. I may go there to touch and feel, but I don't go to try it on. And so I thought, um, at the time, um, more people, would be buying stuff online anyway. Um, oh, and also actually, to be quite honest, the, the one thing that occurred to me 10 years ago was Borders, one of my favorite bookstores at the time, um, or chain bookstore, I guess, um, was closing. And mm. so it was kind of like the red flag, like, whoa, Borders of all businesses closing? Um, yeah, I think e-commerce is sticking around, you know? Right, um, right. Yeah, so that's why we we um, at that point we decided to stick with the direct to consumer route. Um, but now we do sell to a number of boutiques and and uh, photographers as well. Um, we also have done um, pop up events and stuff. Although, obviously, you know that's a lot of that has changed um, because of COVID. Um, but, yes, we do do B2B as well. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So um, I noticed on your site and on your um, social media that you your size range goes up to 3XL. Um, mm-hmm. Have you included – like did you include plus sizes right from the beginning or is that something that you added on additionally?
1: Um, we added on to that additionally uh, mainly because, you know, when we first started – you know, I, I wanted to focus on offering a, a wide selection of colors and textures. And also, you know, when you first start, you you kind of have like um, yeah, a budget, like a smaller budget, right? And so I couldn't afford to have all these different sizes. But as we grew, we knew the demand was there and we wanted to just, you know, be able to add more and more of sizes, um, which is why, you know, you may notice that we actually go from like small to large and then extra large. We don't have a medium, but in the way based on how things are right now for our sizing, our size large in a way is our medium. Um, Mm. And again, you know, the reason why we did that was because we, we started out with um, two sizes in the beginning, small and large. And instead of confusing our existing customer, when we added plus sizes we just kept size large as is, so we just went from small, large, one um, XL to three XL. Mm, okay,
0: yeah, I have. I mean, I I have noticed just in general over the years when I bought um, any kind of stocking or thigh high, that the sizes are. I mean, it's obviously like a different a different size situation than it is when you're like going to go buy um, clothing because it's it's based a little bit more off like your height and your body size and like there's uh-huh. usually like uh-huh. less less size options um in general um mm-hmm. uh so i so i totally understand that um and it doesn't seem too weird to me that to have you know a small and a large and not have a medium um i'm curious though so when you when you decide to add plus sizes um are they all the same designs and made at the same place? Or or are you, do you keep kind of like keep them as separate categories?
1: No. Um, so they're all made in the same place. Um, you know, I, I have to admit not all of our sizes are available or not all of our products are available in plus sizes. Um, a few products do. Um, but you know, generally I, it's this, it's, uh, the permanent collection because they are the most popular product that are available in five sizes um and also it's the same price
0: for all five sizes as well yeah that's that's um something that i feel is is very important so i was i was glad to see that for sure when i um when i took a look at your site um do you feel that your uh plus sizes like do just as well as your straight sizes or do you see a, a difference there
1: um it's kind of all over the place to be honest um i i do think that like large and extra large are well if i were to use a bell curve for example um size large and extra large would be in the middle um whereas Mm -hmm. the other sizes would tail off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: that makes a lot of sense to me honestly um just from doing uh, the, the type of intense size research and measurement research I've done in my life, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the average size woman in in America has a 38 inch waist and typically mm-hmm. wears a one X or two X in clothing. So, um, that, and, and I know even with my size range, you know, I have a very large, large clothing size range from extra small through 15 X, but the sizes that I sell absolutely the most are one X and two X. And then even if I pan out from that a little bit, the mm-hmm. sizes that I sell the most are like from medium to four. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just the fact of the matter of like what, <laughs> what, what, uh, sizes
1: people are. Um, yeah. and well, then the other- I, I also I think there's like, you're, you know, you're also at the mercy of the manufacturer sizing, right? So mm-hmm. hosiery aside, I think when it comes to clothing, a size four or size eight for that matter is different across different brands. It's there's vanity sizes. And then there's like not vanity sizes. Right. Um, so it, it, yeah, it really depends and really varies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean um, that's something that I talk about a lot um, on this podcast, but also just on my, my social media for my company that, you know, size and consistency between brands um exists for a a multitude of reasons sometimes you know not great reasons and sometimes just that's the way it is reasons that are kind of just neutral um (laughs) in -hmm. reasoning um but that's why i always to people that you know you really have to check size charts and know your measurements um Mm -hmm. and kind of like let go of what you may feel a size you know matters to you or not because um at the end of the day like everyone makes their products differently so like you know if you're if you're a large in one company and you're an extra large in another company I mean whatever really doesn't mean anything
1: (laughs) yeah it's funny you know so like when we first started we had worked with a couple of models from New York and these girls are like you know, I'm probably a hundred pounds. I don't know, left or right, um, a hundred pounds. They were really tall. That's all I remember. And when I Mm -hmm. said, Hey, because of your height, you are a size large. They were just like flabbergasted. Like I'm like, no, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to offend you, but because you are tall, you need to be wearing our size large, you know? And, and it's Mm -hmm. to your point, like, You know, everybody, every brand, every country, for that matter, does their sizing a little differently. and You just have to check Mm -hmm. um, based on your measurement um, on your size. Absolutely. Um,
0: And actually, I'm glad that you just brought up models. I was curious, going through your your website and also your social media, are you, um, like, uh, producing your own photo shoots to then uh, promote the product, or are you using any photos from, from anywhere else or from like your, um, manufacturer or anything like that?
1: No, I don't use photos from our manufacturers. So it's a combination of things. So, um, when we first started, we did do a lot of the photography. When we say we, it's me. I like, you know, I, I love photography and I think, um, you probably can relate to this where you sometimes have to do, you know a lot of the stuff. <laughs> you can't do it all, sure, but a lot of um, the work you do on your own. And so, um, you know, and and I kind of like that too. Um, There's a particular model that we work with, and we have been working with for several years. So I've gotten to know her very well. Um, so for that part, you know, we have like a, a female team, right? So there's a, a female stylist. There's you know a female model, female photographer, female blah blah blah, blah right? All nine yards, and so. Um, it's not that I like have a net for hiring female only, but I just do think that like um, it's, it's more, it's, it's nicer. Right. I I don't know how to describe it. Um, Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of those photos, but um, we, we have hired models in the past. We have hired influencers um, to take photos of themselves with our products. And a lot of influencers, from the US and abroad have also approached us as well to um produce products or sorry, produce content using our products. Um, mm. And for me, I I I like to show a variety of faces. So you may see that there is right now Mark Ryan, um, who um, is a man um, from Germany that likes to wear hosiery and heels. Um, you know, we, we try to work with a variety of girls. Um I know it, you know, there there's more that we can do. Um, but mm-hmm. for me honestly, I, I do try to or uh, I do want to work with, you know, um more people of all kinds of backgrounds and sizes.
0: Yeah, I mean, me personally just doing my um quick little background research um into your company, into your social media. I I mean I would love it if there there was a little bit more um, body diversity and, and some more plus size models. I think that would probably also help your, um, boost those sales as well. I know that sometimes folks, um, if they're looking for, for clothing or for, you know, in this case, accessories for stockings on the internet, they might, you know, if they don't see somebody that is mm-hmm. relatable to them, I think that they're not included. Um,
1: yeah, no, no, I, I, if you know anybody, please send them our way. That's a part part of the, the, the challenge we face too, though it's acquiring uh, talent, right? And so, and, and especially during COVID, you're kind of like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I mean, listen, I I I,
1: I, I've, I've I, I actually think whole, that um, uh... hiring new talent um, last year. Was even more difficult because of COVID. I don't know how you, you are, some of the folks that you've talked to have handled that, but it's definitely certainly been a, a challenge that I face.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, luckily, um, I have I have such wonderful models who come back and work with me time time again, and I have a group of about a hundred hundred and eighty of them. Um, wow, we have a Facebook group so we can all keep in touch, um, and uh specifically during COVID, so the first for the first like half of the pandemic basically i wasn't doing any clothing i was just making masks um but then in the fall i yeah yeah um it just it just it seemed like it made the most sense it's what people needed i you know i i physically Mm -hmm. make the products myself with my own hands so like i can Mm -hmm. pivot and just decide to make something else which is um Mm -hmm. you know a benefit to uh, running the business the way that I do and having the, the skill set that I have. But um, mm-hmm. in the fall, uh, when mask sales kind of slowed down and I, I really missed making clothes, I was like, how do I do this? Um, and I didn't want to um, put anybody, including myself, but also my models in any kind of, you know, um,
1: unsafe
0: brain. scenario just just to take pictures of clothes It didn't seem important enough to me. So, so my models actually shot themselves virtually for fall. Um, mm-hmm. and I just like checked in with them, um, like a quick little video call to make sure that they had like a good oh, setup awesome. and good light. And then they, you know, they took their own photos, um, which was really wonderful and it, it worked out really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you need, if you need some plus models, I'm ha- happy to, to connect you to them. Cause I certainly, certainly know
1: a lot. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. You know, we, we did that once last year and I actually can't take credit for it either. Um, you know, someone I knew in uh, New York, actually, it's funny. I met her like right before the pandemic. I was in New York. Um, we were at a trade show and this photographer and I just hit off. Like we, we were like talking for the first time as if we were talking, um, as friends that who knew each other for years. But anyway, um, when the pandemic um bubbled up she still had like this project going on and she ended up actually doing exactly what you described which was coordinating with the model um and her agency um sending the model i guess the lighting and the material equipment um she had also hired like a makeup person from pennsylvania so like she coordinated um this photo shoot all virtually the photos Mm -hmm. came out pretty good and i was just like oh my god i can't believe you know (laughs) um (laughs) that's the result of things you know it's just it's crazy it's absolutely crazy yeah
0: it's 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 definitely been an interesting time to see like how folks um problem solve and pivot and Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you know find find ways to to keep things going um so I know you also mentioned to me uh, in your original message, which I wanted to bring up and let you talk about a little bit, um, being a woman of color working in the the laundry industry. So has that been a a benefit? Has it been uh, an issue? Like, wh- what has your experience been? Well,
1: honestly, I feel like when it comes to um, PR, that can be a little bit more difficult, right? Um, and also. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always like a mouthful I have to explain things. Like, yes, I am a woman of color. I'm of Asian descent. My products are made in Italy, and and I think because of the brand, right? Our, my brand is VM Milano. We chose Milano because everything is made in Italy, actually near Milan. Um, there's a certain connotation with that where you may expect a white woman behind the brand, and so, you know, I. I have I've been, have been asked, like, "Oh, are your products really from Italy and they're not from China?" You're like, "Okay, <laughs> well, mm. well, you know, that, that's kind of racist." Or I, I mean, maybe it's not racist. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're kind of like, "That's like overloaded question here." Um, so uh-huh. that, that's one aspect. Um, another aspect is I do feel like sometimes because and maybe to the first point, like it's quite a lot to absorb, right? Had I been a mm-hmm. woman from Italy who couldn't find hosiery in Italy from that were made in Italy in America, had that story been more clear, I think perhaps we, you know, it would have been easier for us to be picked up by PR by the press. Mm-hmm. Well, I've definitely seen like, you know, that are like blonde and beautiful with a, a you know, not hosiery, but like in you know, a lingerie brand, their story gets picked up immediately. And you're I'm like, what the hell, what am I doing wrong with me? You know? Um, hmm. and so I, I do feel like it can be a little bit more hindrance. Um, but it's not I, I mean, I wouldn't say my race is my hindrance. That would be a terrible thing to say. Right, right, right. right. Um but I do think that it's an experience, um, that high I have felt sentiment on, right? Um, and I know it's not just me. I've talked to other Asian American fashion designers as well, and that that topic comes up. You're like, I don't know what it is, but you know, this other person who's beautiful and white and or blonde or brunette or whatever gets her stuff picked up by the media, and
0: you know, I
1: whereas I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just. I'm not in the same circle. I don't
0: know what it is going to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, PR is hard um, just in general. And I feel like it's one of those things where, huh, you know, you either really need to, like, know people mm-hmm. <laughs> or you mm-hmm. need to, or you need to, like, have some hook of a story. And mm-hmm. then, like, once that starts, then they kind of, like, pushes a train along and it like you get momentum and then it just keeps going mm-hmm. um you know i uh i felt like my my i was i was felt like i was pretty good at at getting press um for the brand for my brand from like maybe like 2015 to 2017 was probably mm-hmm. when i was getting the most press um and i and i purely did it by just like creating campaigns and then like trying to like find writers who cared about the things that I care about and I would like email them and tweet to them um and then once I started getting a little bit of coverage it kind of just like kept going like I mentioned um Mm -hmm. and then then around like 2017-2018 it just got hard again and like Mm -hmm. now it's like a super struggle all of a sudden where I um Mm -hmm. you know I reach out to people and don't don't hear back so I feel like it's it's such a weird uh scenario especially when you're trying to do it yourself and you don't because then if you you will go into like hiring somebody like hiring a publicist or whatnot that is so expensive and like there's ne- there's technically like no guarantee that they're going to get you placements right. just like
1: huh. <laughs> yeah 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 no no I hear you it's funny though because I mean I don't want to like bash on the COVID train too much one of the things that I've also heard too is that a lot of the relationship you may have built before um have changed because a lot of um content producers they may have hired or reorg um and so a lot of folks that you may have worked with are now doing something else or writing about something else or they've moved on to another company you know a lot of that Mm -hmm. has changed Mm -hmm. and that's
0: that's something that i've seen even pre-covid just i feel like in the in the um uh like media journalism industry people do move around a lot and like start writing about different things you know i had a writer who um i had a good relationship with at bustle who used to write about fashion and then they um got switched to just a different topic and then they just you know it didn't apply anymore so it's like Mm -hmm. i basically you know lost lost a contact that i yeah through through no one's fault just like you know the way that it goes
1: Yep, yep yep yep
0: um so, yeah, maybe, uh, in closing here, maybe I can ask you, um, are there any things, uh, you know, some, I always preface this with I'm sure there are lots of things. So, so maybe just one <laughs> or two things that are um, the, the things that are most important to you that you'd like to see change about um, the fashion industry. And that can be, you know, the fashion industry in general doesn't need to be hosiery specific, but also maybe also um,
1: hosiery specific. Yeah. I mean, you said it like, there's just so many things, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about one, which is sizing. I just, I, I, I'm i so like, when I, I'm thinking about this question, I'm thinking like, wow, there, there's things that I cannot control. <laughs> well, none of it I can really control, I guess, but, um, but sizing definitely is, uh, more of the challenging one. I mean, even when I buy clothing, um, for my son, um, it's just the sizings on some of the tags you're like what 70 what does that mean <laughs> um i just wish there's like a universal converter actually maybe mm. that is something that is more um approachable or more realistic like if there were just some converter converter where you put in like the country where something is made right and it Mm-hmm. It generates the actual size based on that you're, the country that you're from, like a currency convert. That would be really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, maybe it's bubbling up an idea here. Right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and something else that we talked about too, which is something that I myself would like to be better about, um, you know, having more models that represent a variety of faces because we live in a very you know, international world. We, there's beautiful people from all race and, you know, sexuality, et cetera. So i like to see mm-hmm. definitely more representation. Um, and also um, not just sizing, but it's more, more sustainable, right? Like mm-hmm. um, fast fashion is, is just one of those things where it's, I know it's cheap and affordable, but at the same time, um the impact of fast fashion is is not very good right um mm-hmm. and so I think that's something that I, I kind of wish were was a topic or subject um, that folks in fashion could could think more about hmm hmm
0: yeah for sure I mean I've definitely seen a, um, a shift towards that like becoming sustainable and ethical production um, has definitely become more and more popular of a topic over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I see so many more like different content accounts, and nonprofits starting up to like address those issues. Is so wonderful. And I, um, mm-hmm. even since COVID, I've seen a lot of people like really realizing. Um, like the difference between shopping small and shopping at larger companies and the benefits that come from shopping small and like knowing where your products are made and how they're made. So I do feel, um, slightly hopeful that like we're moving in the right direction, just, you know, as everything else, um, everything kind of takes longer than you want it to, to, to get to Mm. the the correct
1: end result. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's small steps, right? Like Mm -hmm. you know you can't Mm -hmm. achieve everything overnight yeah you know you you just reminded me of a partner that we work with um luxie boston they they create these beautiful silk um camis right and the hashtag that they have been vouching for is if i if i remember correctly it's heritage not landfill again like the Mm. idea is that you're creating and making something that you could be passed along. Oh no, it's heirloom not landfill. <laughs> As opposed to something where you wear once or twice and you just throw it away. Right. Absolutely. That's that I'm going to
0: check out that hashtag. I think that's Yeah, that's something that I that I talk about a lot too, you that like um you know, you you should if you're able uh, both sizing-wise and price-wise acceptable, accessibility-wise um mm-hmm. to purchase things that will last you longer, then it's not only good for you and good for your wallet in the long run, but it's of course also good for, for the environment. So that's definitely, um,
1: yeah, uh, yeah important, absolutely. Important I mean, I have stockings that I still have from when I first launched, you know, they still stay out. They, you know, they're more mm-hmm. there, they're still intact. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, think of when you invest the time and money on a pair of products or a pair of stockings. Um, that lasts for like 10 years as opposed to just going um, to wherever you go to buy stockings for use each and every time for 10 years, right? That's a lot of stockings. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely with you on that where, you know, just investing a little bit on something that lasts, it makes all the difference.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, So this was such a lovely chat. It was so nice to virtually meet you.
1: (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed this chat with you as well.
0: Um, could you please let everybody know um where they can find you on the internet?
1: Sure. So um my name is Vienn, um, and my brand is called Vienn Milano. My um collection of hosiery can be found at Vienn dot com. That's V-I-E-N-N-E M-I-L-A-N-O.com.
0: Wonderful and I will hyperlink all of that in the show notes so folks can just head there and click through. Thank you so much. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I hope you enjoyed listening
0: to this episode of Fashion for All. Please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work. Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. For more Smart Glamour goodness, you can head to smartglamour.com and follow us on Facebook at backslash smartglamour and Instagram at smart underscore glamour. Thanks.